Hey, good morning. Wow, it's a great day, isn't it? I think I'm going to move this up a little closer because I like to get closer to people. Oh, it's, it's going to be a great day. I uh, walked out this morning and it was hot and humid. <sighs> and, and I walked in here and the air conditioner was on and I thought, the Lord is good. Hey, I want to talk to you this morning. You guys, you guys are so amazing. I want to talk to you this morning about it, the peace of God. How many of you like to have peace in your life? I'm talking about like peace like, hey, I just paid all of my bills and I still got a couple of dollars in the bank piece. You, you like that one? Or, or all the kids are out of the house and we get to watch what we want to watch. That kind of peace. Uh, I, I want to talk to you today about about peace, having peace in your life. And I want to talk to you about two different things. One, how to get it and how to keep it. I know that everyone searches for that place of peace in their life. Uh, I was uh, reading again about the soccer team in Taiwan that, that was trapped in the cave. And uh, man, I told you a couple of weeks ago that's going to be a, a Hallmark movie. And uh, you watch, it's gonna, because it had a great ending. So they're all out, they're all safe, and they're all doing well. So it's going to be a great movie. But can you imagine these young, young boys between 12 and 16 and their, their coach, which I think was maybe 25, they're in this cave. They're two and a half, three miles in this cave, and the water rises and they can't get back out. Can you imagine what it was like after their flashlights died? If you've ever been in a cave with absolute darkness, it's not, oh, I can't see my hand in front of my face because, you know, I'll wait for my eyes to adjust to the dark. We were, I took the family to a Carlsbad Caverns a few years ago, uh, and, and we walked in, and, and, you know, and you go down in an elevator, and you just keep walking and walking and walking, and you enter into this one big cavern, and, and they shut off all the lights. I mean, that's dark. It's the absence of light. You can't see anything. I don't care how long you put your hand in front of your face, you can't see it because there's no light because our eyes work, require light to be able to see. And it was incredible. They only had them off for like 25, 30 seconds. It was just long enough for fear to start to grab you. Then the lights came on and you said, Hallelujah. I think I'm getting out of here. But it's really amazing in, the, in those situations when, when you can't see where you're at or where you're going or even what's around you, it seems like the walls just started closing in and you feel trapped. You ever felt that way in life? You ever had, had situations in your life rise and, and man, it's like, I don't know where to go. Every, everything, there's, there's no clear path or trail to follow. It's just darkness prevailing around you, and the circumstances of life are just, just weighing in on you. Have you ever been there? I want to talk to you today about, about that, about life's darkness can close in on us sometimes, and, and those situations that surround us, we can't seem to find the way out, and it's easy to lose it, it being peace tranquility in your life. But the good thing is, Scripture 
always gives us light for our life. The Apostle Paul gives us the solution to overcoming the darkness of, the, of this life through the letter he wrote to the church in Philippi. And this is one of my favorite books. In fact, what we're going to be talking about this morning, I will probably break up into a, into a series at some point. But this morning, I, I just kind of want to briefly go through it. But Paul, in, in Philippians 4, 4 through 9, in 4 through 7, he's talking about the peace for the struggles in this life. Because if you've been around any time at all, you will have struggles in this life. I don't know of anybody that's never had a struggle in life, that's had a, a, a place in their life where they didn't know what to do, didn't know where to turn, didn't know what, where to go, that, that it seemed like they were stuck, that the walls were closing in on them, and, and, and that doom and defeat was imminent. And yet, here's Paul, and he's talking to us, and in, first, in, in Philippians 4, 4 verse 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. And here's the first thing is, if you want to obtain peace in your life, if there's an area of your life that you're struggling with and you just don't have peace, you don't have the rest that the anxiety is built up and the, and the, and the fear is built up, I, I want to encourage you today, if you look at this passage of Scripture with me, Here's Paul, and he's talking to the church in Philippi, and he's just talked to them about going through difficult circumstances, and he's telling them in this passage of Scripture how to obtain the peace of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I like the peace of God. I, I, the older I get, it's, it's easier to remain peaceful sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. But here's, here's Paul, and this is what he's saying. He said, if you want to have the peace of God, rejoice in the Lord always. And then he says it again to reaffirm it. And I want to say you again, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. What does that mean? That, that, that means that, that you and I, if we want peace, we need to understand that, that we need to look at God and rejoice because we know that he is greater than anything that's in our life. It was mentioned this morning that if there's an impossible situation in your life, we serve a God of impossibility. We serve a God that can overcome all things and has overcome all things. And he says, if you trust me and follow me, I will help you overcome all things in life. We have a God that can overcome your circumstance. And you say, well, pastor, you don't understand my circumstance. I don't have to understand your circumstance. I understand the Word of God. And the Word of God says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I have overcome the world, and I give you the power to do the same. God is greater than, than your circumstances. And when we begin to rejoice in the Lord, when we begin to look at God as that there's nothing impossible for Him, and I, I have said this so many times, when, you, when your circumstances are, are huge and they're overwhelming, when you get to that place, when you begin to magnify God in your life and you lift Him up, your, your circumstances will get smaller and smaller and smaller. It's, it's, it's directly proportional to how big God is in our life. The bigger God gets, the smaller our problems get. And rejoicing in the Lord, understanding that, that God works through the chaos in our life and He can bring serenity to us. 
The adversary, he's the one that likes to scream in our ear that, that you won't make it, that you're not good enough, that you're not sufficient enough, that that, that that job that you're looking for that you'll never have, that you'll never be able to overcome, you'll never be able to achieve, you'll never be able to conquer, you'll never be able to have what you're really looking for. That's the adversary. If you're hearing that voice in your life that says, hey, you're just, you're not good enough, you're not sufficient enough, you need to speak to that voice and rebuke him. Because God never tells you that you're not good enough. God always tells you that through him you can do all things. You can endure all things. You can go through all things. So rejoicing in the Lord simply means to approach God with an attitude of gratitude. Because when you look at the circumstances we face in life, what are they compared to what he has stored up? For his people. Sometimes I like to think, and I know the Bible says that uh, eye hasn't seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered the heart of man. We haven't even imagined the beauty and the splendor and the glory that God has prepared for us. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what heaven's like? Can you imagine what it's going to be? It's going to be amazing. And I have a really good, vivid imagination. And yet God says, Try your best, but you can't even imagine how great and glorious it really is. When I look at that, and I look at what Christ has done for me, and I look at where, where I used to be, I, sometimes I, we get stuck and we look at where we are. You ever do that? Kind of look at where you are? And, and we look at where we are, and we look at where we want to be, and we get frustrated because we want to be there, but we're here. But sometimes we forget that when we're standing here, we need to look back and say, that's where I used to be. That's where I want to be. This is where I am, but that's where I used to be. And I'm not where I used to be, and I'm not where I want to be, but I'm pressing toward that mark. When you begin to thank God and rejoice in Him, great things happen. Look at what he says. He goes on and says, this is really an interesting word. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Gentleness. Isn't that a curious word? You know, does that mean being kind, being considerate? What, what is gentleness? It's used just a couple of times in, in the Scripture, this, this word, and it's used for pastors and for elders and, uh, to be gentle. And it simply means this, that it's deals with relinquishing your rights to be right. You know, you can be right and wrong at the same time. You ever been around somebody that always had to defend their rights? Always had to stand up, well, this is what I want, and I deserve this. And uh, What Paul is saying, if you want the peace of God in your life, you need to learn to relinquish your way sometimes and allow God to be God. It, you don't always have to be the one that is, is correct. You can be right and wrong. But being that person that's gentle in, in, in spirit brings a calming influence to our own life. Paul said this in Philippians 2. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God didn't think it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. Paul is, is building on that, on that passage in chapter 2, and he's, and he's telling the church now to, to 
have that same attitude of gentleness in your own life. And look at what, look at what he says right after that, because these two passages, these two verses go together. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. And why would he put that in there? It's simply because the Lord, when he was on earth, was gentle and kind and fair and loving. And Scripture says that he was as a shearer, a sheep before his shearer, and opened not his mouth. Christ had done nothing wrong when he stood before Pilate. Could have spoken up. Chose not to. Because he realized if he stood up for his rights, sin would not be forgiven because he would not have died on the cross. And he chose gentleness. And when, he, when Paul says the Lord is near, he's reminding us that, that we are to be like Christ. And when we stand before the Lord to receive the reward, just because we're Christians doesn't mean that we're not going to stand before the Lord. We may not be judged for, for whether we're going to heaven or hell because that has already taken place in our lives. But we will be judged according to the rewards that we will receive. Scripture says that we need to be careful on how we build on that foundation. And this is what Paul is telling them here. Be gentle because the Lord was gentle. And he weighs us and measures us and looks at our life. So let's, if you want peace, rejoice in the Lord. Be like Christ. Be gentle. And he says, don't be anxious about anything. That's, isn't that great? It's a lot easier to say than it is to do, isn't it? Don't be anxious about anything. But look at the end. But in every situation, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You want to know what the, the antidote to, to being anxious is? Prayer. When, when something drops in your life and something drops in, 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 your, in your heart and it just overwhelms you, go pray. Because prayer... Prayer will overcome the anxiousness. But notice he said with prayer and petition, he is, he's saying it's not just, oh, Lord, bless me because this just happened. It's sometimes you have to get serious with God. I, I've had times in my life that, that things would seem so overwhelming that I would pray and I would get the peace of God in my life and, and I'd get up and then something, something, somebody would say something or I would hear something and that, that anxiety would hit me again. You ever been there? Then you have to get back down and pray and pray and pray and pray. Prayer is not just, oh, Lord, bless me. Oh, thank you for this. Prayer is, is an intense relationship with God that, that you're bringing your petitions before him and you're saying, God, this burden is heavy. And, and I know that you said that your burden is light. And when you begin to go deep with God in prayer, Try, quit trying to figure things out on your own and, and go deep with God in prayer. The anxiety of life, the stress of life 
is replaced with the peace of God. But it won't happen without prayer. And look what he says. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. You don't have to understand your situation to have the peace of God. You don't have to understand what's going to happen to have the peace of God. You don't know, have to understand what's going to happen tomorrow. And still, you can still have the peace of God. Because it's when we exalt God, when we become like Christ and we become gentle and don't have to demand our own way, and when we begin to petition Him with prayer and we get serious with God, He says, and the peace of God, when you do that, the peace of God, which transcends our own understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Guard your heart and mind. Guards. You know, you, if you go to London and you go, you go to look at the crown jewels and everything, they have guards everywhere. It's like somebody would want to steal them. Maybe. It's, it's, and here's that's the same term that, that the Scripture's using here. Guard is like a, a military term. It's, it's the peace of God will stand guard to defend your heart and to defend your mind. That when things try to bombard your mind, the peace of God will say, no, you can't enter. No, you can't. You can't because this person is rejoicing in the Lord. This person is being gentle. This person is praying and petitioning God. And when you do that, the peace of God will guard your mind and will guard your heart. So if there's a situation in your life that you are struggling for peace, rejoice in the Lord. Trust in Him. Become gentle. Yield your rights and petition the Lord and see what He will do. The Word is real or it's not. It's, it's truth or it's not truth. There's no middle ground. You either believe all of it or believe none of it. Because, and the scripture tells us plainly right here that when we do those things, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going, I will confess to you. There's been times in my life that that, that peace of God wasn't there. And I always go back to that one thing. Prayer. I can rejoice in the Lord. I can, I, can, I can be thankful for all the things that God has done, and I can look at God as, as, the, as the great creator, that the one that can redeem and set free and, and deliver. But if I'm not getting deep into prayer, that is the key to releasing the situation that you're facing in life to Him. And when we release it to Him and we can say, it is well with my soul. The peace of God, which goes beyond our understanding, floods our heart. So Paul said if you have a situation in your life and you want to have peace, do those three things, and, and then the peace of God will guard your heart. And then he shifts gears, and, and in verses 8 and 9, and then he starts talking about, so here's how to maintain it. Here's how to keep the peace of God. If you, now you've got the peace of God, how do you keep it? And he goes to your thought process. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, 
whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Control your thought life. And every single one of these words, and I won't get into because we may go into a, a study or a, a series based on these, but, but every one of those words are significant. Every single one of them. He, he has a, a particular focus on each one. True. Just me focus on the things that are truthful and dependable. When you're thinking about God, think about the truths of God. When you're thinking about people, think about the dependability or the truthfulness within people. Noble, anything that's worthy of respect, anything that, that brings honor, whether it's to God or, or to man. Uh, look at the good qualities in people. Look at the qualities of God. He says, well, things are right. That just simply means just. In other words, think justly. Do the right thing. Pure just means holy. I know we had the little bracelets, you know, the WWJD, you know, many years ago. Uh, what would Jesus do? That's what he's saying. Think about the things that Jesus would do. And I, I love the word lovely. Because he says, think about that which is lovely. It simply means this. That which calls forth love. That which brings love into the into the situation. Seeing God as lovable and attractive. Seeing people as lovable and attractive. And you say, now hold it. I can see God as that, but seeing people? It's a little harder, isn't it? But when we begin to look at people and we begin to look at their positive qualities, when we begin to look at them that, that Christ died for all, that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. When we look at that treasure of, of God that each and every human, no matter where they are or what station in life they may have, Every single one of them matter to God. And when we begin to honor them and give them respect as the creation of God, that they have an eternal soul that's going to spend eternity somewhere. And when we begin to, to bring love and peace and we begin to think of them in, in, a, in a way that God thinks of them, amazing things happen. Wow. that which calls forth love. Admirable, whatever is praiseworthy or attractive, something that's likely not to offend. Excellent. It's like morally excellent. And this is, you know, and praiseworthy. I, I, believe, that, I believe that we need to go around and, and, and praise people. We, I, we need to, when you see somebody do something, praise them. Thank them for what they're doing. Living out these unites the church and, and gives good testimony to the world. Isn't that amazing? And here's, here's what Paul says, at, and I'm closing, so if the, if the praise team would come back, that would be great, because you don't want to see me stutter up here waiting for them to get here, because that's no fun at all. He said, look, at, look what the scripture says. Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about them. Allow your mind to bring them into captivity. And then look what he says after that. After, 
whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Don't just hear them, do them. Put it into practice. If you want the peace of God in your life, if you want to maintain an atmosphere or an environment of peace in your life, don't just hear the good things. Put them into practice. Praise God. Be thankful to God. Be thankful to others. When we begin to do that, the peace of God not only fills us, but look at the very end of this. And the God of peace will be with you. It doesn't say that the peace of God will be with you. But the God of peace. You say, well, what's the difference? Well, do you want just peace in your life or do you want God in your life? See, when God takes up residence in our life, He not only brings peace, but He brings joy. He brings salvation. He brings encouragement. He brings strength. He brings glory. He brings honor. He brings everything that He is in our life. So if we really want to have peace in our life, we need the God of peace. We get the God of peace when we not only overcome the situations in our life by by allowing the, the peace of God in us, but we maintain that atmosphere by thinking about the things that are right and then putting them in to practice. Can I encourage you today? Whatever, whatever it is that you may be facing, God is greater. Whatever situation it may be, I, I want to read you this poem. Simply entitled, Don't Quit. When things go wrong as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, when you want to smile but you have to sigh, when cares is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is strange with its twists and turns, and every one of us sometimes learns And many a failure turns about when he might have won had he stuck it out. Don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You might succeed with another blow. Often the goal is nearer than it seems to a faint and faltering man. Often the struggles have given up when he might have captured the victor's cup. And he learned too late, when the night slipped down, how close he was to the golden crown. Success as failure turned inside out, the silver lining in the clouds of doubt. And you never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. You're facing a situation in your life today. Would you guys stand with me, please? If you have a situation in your life that you just don't 
know what to do with it. It's bringing frustration, anxiety, maybe worry, pain. Would you give it to the Lord? Would you rejoice in Him? Create an atmosphere of, of peace in your life by giving Him, by praising Him, giving Him your right to be right, to do your own thing, and allow Him to be God. And bring your requests and petitions before Him. It will create an atmosphere of, uh, of peace in your life. And then when we change our, our thought process and we don't worry about the things that are bringing us the, the, the anxiety and the worry and the doubt, and we start thinking about the things that are good and pure and noble, when we begin to do that and we act on them, not only will the peace of God be ours, but the very God of peace will be with us.